Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. I'm delighted to bring you all the Fertility in the Workplace mini-series featuring Natalie Sutherland and Samaya Wisani. Natalie is a partner at Burgess Me, a family law firm and their first fertility officer. Natalie has experience handling surrogacy matters based in the UK and internationally. She deals with surrogacy, assisted reproduction law and donor conception. Natalie advises clients on co-parenting as well as known donor agreements. Recently, she's joined the Board of Trustees of Progress Educational Trust, a charity advancing public understanding about human genetics, embryology, and stem cell research. Samaya is the CEO and founder of Mimosa Fleur, a boutique executive search firm in the legal sector. Samaya was previously a family and divorce lawyer at Kingsley Napley and Russell Cook LLP. Samaya also worked as a senior consultant, specializing in legal recruitment with Magic Circle and US law firms. Whilst working with senior female lawyers, Samaya gained a unique perspective of how professional women view family planning. Also, how law firms are beginning to enhance their health packages to include fertility treatments. The mini-series will delve into how fertility in the workplace can be addressed more openly and how law firms can do a better job at acknowledging the challenges faced around fertility. The series looks into tackling fertility issues as a lawyer, in addition to family planning and becoming parents. So last week, we discussed why we need to acknowledge the issue of fertility in the workplace. But this week, we'll be delving into why law firms need to do better and how they can tackle this issue to help make discussions around fertility issues or having a family more widely accepted and understood. So welcome back, Natalie and Samaya. Samaya, coming to you, what is the fundamental issue regarding fertility in law firms? The fact that uh, firms pretend these issues don't exist or just fail to respond to them. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really appreciate you sort of hitting that head on. And then Natalie, from, from your perspective, do you think firms promote a false promise of having a career and family side by side? Well, we, we're always told, aren't we, that women can have it all or can't have it all. There is this, we want to be mothers, or we don't want to be mothers, but we want careers, we don't want careers. But those that want to be mothers and want careers have to juggle the two together. And, and if you're a lawyer in a law firm, there is a lot of expectation. You are on that career path. You want to make partner. You want to make equity. And, and if you want to take time out to have maternity leave, then that is time out of your career. But if you add to that I mean, if you have the baby, if you're able to conceive easily, then you have your pregnancy and you go off for maternity leave. But if you are struggling to have a child, then you are going to be um, undergoing IVF treatment alongside your career. And that is where you need to either keep it secret because you don't want um, your employers to know you don't want them to think that you are having children because of course you don't have to tell anybody that you're planning to have a child there's no requirement to do that so um so that so anyone that's going through uh, fertility struggles are going to have to battle that decision do i tell or do i not tell and a lot of that will come down to who you're telling so if you have a line manager an employer who is 
uh, open and perhaps discusses their own family issues and, and you can feel like you can confide in them, then perhaps that may, makes life a bit easier. If you have a culture and environment where personal issues are just not spoken about, then you're going to have a much more difficult time. So, so yeah, so I think with, with law firms, what we are trying to, um, to create is this opening up of that culture so that, as Samaya said, firms are acknowledging that this is happening, that people want to become parents. They want to be to start a family and have a career. So let's look at how we can help both. Yeah, really, really well said. So many important points that you uh, you touched on there. And Samaya, you know, just building on that, what do firms need to do to address fertility, family planning and parenting? So I think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. I think the first is to start with by openly acknowledging that this is an issue that people want to have families. That empirically, people in law tend to have families much later, and therefore that can bring with it its own challenges. I think they need to identify that individuals in law generally are in very high pressure, high stress environments. And so how all of that compounds one's fertility challenges is something that needs to be thought quite carefully about. And fundamentally, it's about creating a safe space so that when one is talking about, for example, what their career trajectory might look like, it's perfectly acceptable to say, well, at this point here and this point here, I, you know, it's within my contemplation to have a family. How do we make sure that the two objectives are, you know, aligned and supported? Um, we, we've got to get rid of this, this taboo. There is this really ugly culture and atmosphere of there being, you know, uh, anything pregnancy related being a taboo. I remember vividly from my own experiences as a lawyer, when I, when I had my ectopic pregnancy in 2014, I actually wasn't trying to conceive a child. I, you know, I was only recently married. It wasn't on my radar. But I remember when I was rushed to hospital on the way there, the one key thing in my mind was everyone's going to think I want to have a baby. Everybody's going to think that actually now I've got married. The big, the big priority for me is, is having a family. And so, you know, all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be you know, considered as a serious contender in the department. And whether that was a me problem or not, I think fundamentally it speaks to the environment in which one is working and having good role models and having individuals that actually bring these conversations to the fore, notwithstanding how difficult they might be. Um, and how do we, we go about doing that? I think it's a number of things. I think we're seeing firms like Howard Kennedy in the city develop pregnancy loss policies and fertility policies which have been revolutionary. They're groundbreaking. They're acknowledging that if somebody has a failed embryo transfer, that is a loss in and of itself. And time is required to be able to grieve for that. For anybody on a fertility journey of, you know, however that might look, just knowing that that sort of um, compassion and respite and acknowledgement exists is massive and can make a really significant difference to how one's journey unfolds. You are seeing firms like Freshfields taking some really positive steps in the right direction to not only providing fertility support, so things like IVF funding, um, but actually looking at, well, what if that doesn't transpire as you hope? What if your objectives don't materialise? So 
firms are having to talk the talk as well. And certainly from my perspective, I've seen that it's initiatives like that that are hugely powerful retention tools and also recruitment tools. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thanks so much for, for sharing that. And I want to, to, to really highlight um, things that firms could be doing, um, Natalie. So coming to you, and I love that you, we've talked and brought to the floor creating safe spaces. But Natalie, how can firms use education and training to teach their workers about fertility issues? So at Burgess Me, we have now, in a partners meeting, we were discussing this very, very issue. I shared my own personal story with my fellow partners. And and also I wanted them to talk about the elephant in the room, which is basically our staff uh, at the junior level are all women. They're all in their late 20s, early 30s. They're all in relationships. You know, at some point, they are going to want to start to have children. And... And being a new partner at the firm, I also wanted to discuss uh, uh, creating this culture, not that it wasn't there already, but just to be overt about it. So basically saying to the younger staff that um, that we we support you in your career, but we also support you if you want to build a family so that nobody feels like they can't discuss wanting children. Nobody feels that they can't discuss, oh my God, I got pregnant, you know, and then worrying about what people will think about them if they got pregnant. For it to be just a relaxation of going, well, I work for a firm where if I tell them I'm pregnant, they're going to be happy for me. So, so that's that's what we wanted to uh, to create. And not all firms are like that. Not all firms will will give will create that culture so that people feel like that. And I and I absolutely wanted that for for my younger staff because I felt you know that fear is. And Samaya just said the exact same thing as as what she felt that fear that oh now I'm got married people are just going to think that I'm just going to go and have babies and never come back to work. Or but but that's that's when you get pregnant and then obviously there's the other side of the coin is trying to get pregnant so I, I discussed the article that Samaya wrote actually I shared it with my firm and immediately I was contacted by two of the um, the younger solicitors to say they really enjoyed reading the article and actually they potentially ha- are going to have their own facility issues and they shared that with me and, and I was really humbled actually by that because again it's a very very personal thing and, and when I sort of shared it confidentially not naming the people but with my partners to say this is potentially on our radar I think it would be good to you know to, to be discussing this and and Pete Burgess my uh, my partner he basically said well Natalie why don't you be the women's officer so we already have a wellness officer that's Kirsty Morris she does a fantastic job of being able to uh, create that pastoral care for our staff because we, we we find that's really important as well but on this very specific issue where you know I have I have my own my own experience that comes to it um, I have a passion um, for for it that um, that this women's officer role um, was fantastic. I just thought it was a great, a great idea. And then we later renamed it for to fertility officer, specifically because it's not just a women's issue. So if we ever have um, young um, male staff, um, then it would relate to them as well, because uh, male, um, 
Males can have infertility issues, want to be supporting their partners with infertility issues. So we don't want it to be taboo for them either. So so having a fertility officer role, I think, is really important. Not sure if we're the first one to do it. Uh, Certainly we're not the first to, because we also have fertility policies and uh, baby loss policies uh, following the uh, the bigger firms that have done it. But, um, But my role is there to signal to the younger staff that there is someone dedicated for them to talk to if they have these issues. And, it, and it's, it's non-judgmental. Yeah, and I, I, I love that, the, the role of the fertility officer and, and all the work that you're doing. And you're just really grateful that you're you're highlighting this, that, you know, firms are taking action because, you know, today we are talking about how firms can do better. And Samaya, you gave some great examples of a couple of firms previously that are, that are taking action. But, you know, let, let's talk more generally across all firms. Do you think firms should be educating themselves about fertility treatments and offering them to workers as part of their healthcare packages? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I think that any firm worth their salt should be offering some sort of fertility um, service as part of their overall well-being. So whether that might be investigation scans, blood tests, whatever it might be, I think that their benefits should include specific days leave for certain treatments. Um, I think that there also needs to be some very um, focused um time given to fertility at work coaching we're now seeing that as a very interesting niche that's developing in the market so lots of firms have over the last five or ten years focused on bringing into their businesses uh, coaches that specialize in specialize in workplace well-being because we've seen the pandemic that was burnout and now actually we are finding some very bold and brave women talking about their fertility struggles and so slowly slowly firms are responding but um, I think what they also need to do is make sure that they are partnering themselves with very responsible recruitment firms and I think that's where a lot of this starts and at Mimosa Fleur I make it an absolute sort of prerequisite to any candidate I have in conversation with a firm that I'm provided with a with a full breakdown of what the maternity benefits are what the shared parental leave is what the paternity benefits are whether or you know that's not on the instruction of my candidates that's because I want to be able to see how they differ to other firms in the market and just by actually being a little bit more candid and cavalier about that, it's normalising the conversation. Whereas three or four years ago, if I said, you know, can I please see a copy of your maternity benefits? Instantly, people's ears prick up. And what they want to say is, you know, is that on your candidate's agenda? Is that, you know, within the, you know, the foreseeable future? Can we have some, you know, and there's a subtext, there's a hidden message there somewhere. Now, actually, I'm finding that by just, you know, being quite sort of, you know, just having the gumption to say, you know, I'd like to see that to discuss it with my candidate. They don't, they don't usually batter an eyelid. Yeah. And again, such such wonderful points. And you're absolutely right. You know, we want to make the change. We want to see law firms do better. It should just be, you know, there should be no hidden messages behind that. So I would just like to say thank you so much once again, Natalie and Samir for today's um, mini-sode. Really enjoyed it. There tends to be lots more that law firms can be doing. And we'll be back next week with a special guest. We have Emma Menzies, who is a coach and natural language processing practitioner and we'll be talking all about fertility coaching. But for now, from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out.
This week's review comes from Ben F787. He says, brilliant, a really unique and informative yet informal and enjoyable experience for anyone interested in the legal sector. Thank you so, so much for your kind words, Ben. We really, really appreciate it. From all of the team here at the Legally Speaking Podcast, we're grateful. 